Hello, everybody. This is Bill Harper, and I am in the studio today with John Eldridge to discuss his new book, Get Your Life Back, Everyday Practices for a World Gone Mad. John, we at Wave 94 FM are so excited to have you with us. Thank you. I got to frame this with a bit of my story. And God spoke to me through your heart, your hands, your pen, and your ransomed heart team. And I began this journey of restoration back in 2006. I picked up the book, went to a boot camp, and now 14 years later, living in the larger story, it has been immense restoration of relationship with my wife, myself, all because of the relationship with Christ. And Wild at Heart was visionary back then, and today, Get Your Life Back is also visionary. It's like triage. It is. You have quite a story behind you writing this book. I really connected with your honesty and your first person, the way you described it. Tell us how this book began for you. Yeah, and let's put it in context. This book came out before the pandemic, but talk about a word in season. Wow. So I I was trying to live like everybody. I was trying to keep up with the pace of life and going at warp speed and hyper plugged in to technology and doing six things at once. And it began to take a toll on me. And I didn't like what it was doing to me. I'd get home in the evenings. I was just exhausted. And I didn't have anything left for my wife. I didn't have anything left for my kids. I didn't like it. I actually didn't start out, Bill, to write this book. I just said, Jesus, I need my life back. I can't live at the speed of a smartphone. I need your help, Lord. And so he began to take me into some practices and some just very simple things I could do to begin to get out of the madness. And now now that we're in the pandemic, those things are proving super helpful to strengthen my soul in, in this really wild time on the earth. I know. You know, you talked about in the book, gauges for our spiritual condition. I have an anger meter. It used to be in the middle of my truck, right between the gas gauge and the temperature gauge. As soon as I would get driving, I could tell you my anger level. And since 2006, it's been going down steadily. It rarely gets in the orange anymore. It used to just always in the red. And so when I get in my car, that barometer says, you're angry. What are you so angry about? You know, tell us about these gauges that could help us, the things that we can look for. Let's talk about relief versus restoration. Uh, Are you reaching for relief right now, friends? Is it the bag of donuts, the, you know, too much to drink? Are you watching seven hours of Netflix? Yeah. When we're not doing well, we reach for relief. Just give me something right now. I just, you know, you get to the end of the day and you're like, I just need to eat a box of cookies. I just need to, you know. Uh, uh, binge watch my favorite show. You're just looking for relief. But what your soul actually needs is restoration. You do the things that restore your soul. You know, whether it's take a walk, listen to some music, like just get quiet for a little bit. Do the things that restore your soul. Because in this hour, we're we're all so stressed out. Nobody's meant to be locked up like this, okay? Right. Everybody's stressed out with the uncertainty of it. I know we want relief, but what we really need to reach for is the the things that bring us restoration. Yeah. Kind of quiet the appetite for the cookies or something and sit in the moment and be there with it. 
Yeah, um, and be there with be there with God. We need right. to, you know we need to be those trees in Psalm one that send their roots down deep into the life of God. Exactly. I've been listening to so many of your podcasts, and what's amazing now is that the verse you quoted from the message uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I never realized how perfectly applicable it is to this season and your book, written ages ago and translated by Eugene Peterson. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it really is. And I, I you know, I think to be fair, not everybody's doing great under this pandemic. Right. There are folks with anxiety, folks with depression, folks with real fear. In that verse, Jesus wants time with you. Jesus can speak to the anxiety. He really can. He can speak to your loneliness. He really can. Mm. So let, let's, let's go ahead and use this shelter at home time to turn our hearts toward him. And let his love minister to us in all of the mm. uncertainty. Mm. Drink it up in huge quantities. I'm a big fan of your podcast. And I was listening to Morgan doing a Become Good Soil about contemplative prayer. And I started doing the pauses. Mine last a little longer. But I found something amazing. There's a 60 minutes clock in my head that's ticking. And it's because time was, I would covet my time, you know, yeah. all the time. So busy, busy, busy. And all of a sudden, I was able to focus and shut off the clock. The ticking noise stopped. And God said to me, remember that, Bill. Pay attention. Do that again. These practices that you talk about, things that, which ones do you use today besides the pause? Which, which habits would you recommend for others? Chapter two is called Benevolent Detachment. And I wrote it because before the pandemic, we were all too plugged in. And your soul was never meant to carry the news of the world. Right. Really, your soul was never meant to know about every heartache and every tragedy in every town on the planet. And so learning to let it go benevolent attachment. It's not because I'm angry. It's not because I'm checked out. I do it in kindness, but I've got to detach. I've got to let this go. I've got to give this to God. Now in the pandemic, this is huge because everybody's glued to the news, right? Yeah. What's, what's the latest thing? What's happening in Spain? What's France about to do? How many deaths in New York now? And I'm telling oh. you folks, this is not good for your soul. You can't do that. So on a regular basis, several times a day, I just have to stop and say, Jesus, I can't carry this. I give this to you. Hmm. My wife uh, described this as a, as a hula hoop. She's got a hula hoop and certain things are inside it and most of the world is outside of it. But the other day I quoted your book to her. I said, honey, you're carrying too much on. I said, you're not God. You can't carry all of this. Get it outside yeah. your hula hoop. That's good. I got to tell you, my favorite chapter was Drinking Beauty. 
right behind the one about uh, surrendering a self-life. I'm able to get out in the woods and walk down by the lake, same place where Bart walked with me that day, and take in the absolute gorgeous of the nature. And I noticed the other day, after a little rash on my wrist and my ankle, how beautifully God hides the poison ivy in the Virginia creeper. Yeah. <laughs> little things like that. But for these days when everybody's cooped up inside, I've seen all the wonderful footage on drones, a natural one yes. to take those in these days in your living room. And then the Christian music with the lyrics and the poetry and the worship. I'm yeah. finding these things today inside the house. Yes, yes. This is really good, Bill, because beauty heals the soul. Yeah. And beauty really comforts us. It's very fascinating. Why do we send flowers to people who aren't doing well? Maybe they're mm -hmm. sick or they're in the hospital or they lost someone. Why do we do that? Everybody knows you send flowers. Well, because beauty comforts. Beauty is filled with the promise of God. It's filled with hope. Beauty brings hope. And so even while we're cooped up, you can watch those nature videos. You can listen to beautiful music. You can just, just sit in the morning with your coffee and just watch the sunlight come in through the window and let it minister to your soul. Mm. Pay attention, right? Yeah. My father, who died way too young, uh, used to listen to me for ages. And then he'd have this little gesture. He'd do this. And that meant pay attention. I'm now hearing my father in heaven say it with my earthly father together. And when it comes to finding beauty, pay attention to it. I'm going out there, not with a sippy cup anymore, John. I'm drinking it. Big old giant mugs of it. Yes. And, you, and the thing is, you're better for it. Like your soul is gaining a resiliency that's able to navigate this time. Yes. When you say pay attention, I think the war has always been for our attention. Everything's been trying to get your attention. You know, the, faith, the social media, the news, you know, the texting, the emails, everything. And we hardly had any attention left for God. Now that we're at least forced to be home for a little while, we can begin to heal that and learn to give your attention to God. Exactly. I'm thinking, I'm hoping that this time of social distancing and the virus is going to maybe do a reset for everybody. Uh, it certainly has for me. Being in recovery and restoration for many years has done a reset. But it's so important today. And I'm hoping that people will see now in these times what it does to us and to get the reset and capture these things that are going to help our soul. By the way, you know, in the Chinese language, the word crisis is two parts, danger and opportunity. And mm. the opportunity here to reset us is huge. Yep. Since you published this book and so much has gone on, what else are you seeing now? It's got two sides to it. And the answer is it depends. Because people like you who are saying, okay, God, you have my attention. I want more. I want your love. I want your life. I want to give you my day. Those folks are doing pretty good. Yeah. But the folks who came into the quarantine exhausted, fried, and without a practice 
a routine of being able to give their attention to God, a lot of those folks are struggling pretty big, which is why crisis opportunity, right? Or, or danger opportunity, right? The danger, I think, is that we just try and numb ourselves through this. We look for relief, not restoration. We just spend a bunch of time watching movies and eating potato chips. And I don't think that's wise. I mm-hmm. really don't. I, mm-hmm. I think those folks are not going to do well. And I don't like that. I, you know, I've been a Christian therapist for 30 years. I, I want to see people flourish. I want to see people do well. And, and so the things that we're talking about, I guess what I'm saying, folks, is this really isn't optional. You know, you go, well, Bill's just that kind of guy. You know, he just like, no, no. What, what we're saying, this is not optional. You have got to care for your soul in this hour on the earth and you got to come out of this thing strong my life verse which came to me after i attended your retreat was guard your heart above all else for from it flows the wellspring of life and in this time guarding it uh choosing restoration over relief is man that's like one of the sub items in the checklist that's so important i want to stop on guard your heart There's a couple things folks need to guard their hearts on right now. And one of them is fear. There's a pandemic of fear right now. And it's brutal. Mm -hmm. And it tries to get in. I feel it. It tries to get in. So, folks, regulate your news intake. Indeed. Don't need to be plugged into the news all day. Get in. Get the basics. Get out. You need the news. You need to know what's going on. You need to know if the governor's changed anything or the president or, you know. But, folks, I'm telling you that sitting in the news, clicking on this article and then that article and watching this video and that kind of thing, Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruit. The fruit of that is you come out of it angry and scared. Mm -hmm. You come out of it filled with uncertainty. And you do not want to let fear in right now, people. Right. Guard your heart, as Bill said. Guard your heart against fear. And then I'm afraid the next thing that's going to come in, Bill, I think there's going to be a lot of hatred. Oh. That people are already fighting over masks and respirators. People are fighting over ground beef in the grocery store. And I think there's going to be a lot of hatred in that because we're all afraid. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is tough. It's a very stressful thing. Human beings were never meant to be locked down. No Mm. human touch. You you can't hug your loved ones like this is crazy. So I just want people to be very conscious to choose love. Pray for love. Pray the love of God fills your home. Pray it fills your household, your community. Because I think we're going to need to guard our hearts against, it's going to come in as irritation and division and that sort of thing. You do not want to let that stuff in. Yeah, it shows up to me when I drive my car. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's so amazing. Your insight to, in a timely way, John, it's amazing how you publish this book and then here comes coronavirus. I mean, there's almost like a bigger plan behind it. Speaking to the joy, speaking to the beauty that restores our soul, it's almost like you have to teach yourself to find it. 
You have to, the disciplines of yes. a healthy diet, of exercise, of putting healthy things in your mind. It's just another, it's, it's another very important technique. I did turn off the notifications on my phone and the world did not stop turning. Wow. Good for you. I got to tell you, one of my favorite chapter behind Drinking Beauty was about surrendering the self-life. So my full story is uh, I'm a Christian in recovery for codependency. And I'm a man in search of my heart. And, you know, as a codependent, you got to take on everybody's problems. You know, you don't care for yourself at all. Love your neighbors. You love yourself. We forget that last part of that. And in surrendering the self-life, you talk about the concept of rights and wrongs. I have all my rights. You know, you can't do this to me. And then I've been wronged. That was simply profound, the attitude that, that we're all into ourselves. And that we learn in recovery to, if all else fails, go help another person. Be yeah. of service to somebody somehow. I'm starting to do more online meetings. Speak to the things that will help us find and help others in this time. There are three people. Pick three people, just three, and start praying for them. Maybe it's your aunt. Maybe it's your neighbor. Somebody at work you know. Somebody's alone. Somebody is sheltering alone right now. Yeah. So, somebody lost their job and they're not sure what's going to happen. Pick just three people. Pray for them every day. Mm. Just make it a little, make it a little like prayer project. Okay. And begin to pray for those folks. Reach out to them. Send them a text if you can. Shoot them an email. FaceTime with them is even better. Get a face-to-face -face if you can. How you doing? Can I get you some groceries? Mm -hmm. You need any toilet paper? <laughs> what can I do? What can I do to help? Right? Just pick three people. You don't have to save the world, folks. Yeah. Right? Just pick three people right now. Start to pray for them. But most importantly, pray that Jesus would come into their life. Jesus. They would open their heart to Jesus. This is a phenomenal opportunity to pray that people would come to find the love of God through Jesus. This is, is wild, Bill. Guess what? On the Ransomed Heart website, this has never happened before. The number one place on our website that people are searching and clicking on is the prayer to receive Christ as Savior. Hallelujah. Right? It's wow. always been there. But wow. that thing is, it's, it's actually blowing up on our website. We're getting phenomenal traffic there. So there is a hungry world and people are wanting to know. And so I would just say, friends, pick three people and just start praying that Christ would come into their life. Yes, absolutely. Here's, here's the danger. Before the pandemic, we were all spending four to nine hours a day on our phone and 10 hours a day consuming media. That's enough data to crash a laptop in a week. Right. It's really hard on the soul. It really is. So the temptation right now is everybody's just going to sit in front of their screens all day. Bad so, news. Oh, it's bad. It's not good for you. So here's my recommend, folks. Just a couple tips. When you get up in the morning, don't check your phone. Don't make that the first thing you do every day. Instead, I want you to make a cup of coffee, sit in the window, listen to the birds, Say some prayers, find God. And at the end of your day, 
Don't make screens the last thing you're doing. Do not take your phone, laptop, tablet into bed with you. Okay? The last part of the evening, what Stacy and I do, technology goes off and we read or we do a puzzle or we play a game. Like no technology first thing in the morning, no technology is the last thing you do in the day. And your soul actually begin to feel better. These are quick results, by the way. It doesn't right. take long. These little steps, you're going to start feeling better in a couple days. Oh, wow. You know, I, I hope that we can do the reset as a society, and I'm going to start sharing more and more of it. By the way, I had a bunch of your books, and I gave them all away. All I got now is the study guide. Oh, <laughs> oh. I'm, uh, I've always been at Johnny Appleseed handing your books out from the back of my truck. They've just been absolutely fabulous. I love that quote from Simon Wilde. Two things pierce the human heart. One is beauty. The other is affliction. I recently had back surgery. So I had affliction going for a good year. And it was like, okay, Lord, it's pierced my heart. I'm hoping that this trauma can do some piercing of the heart so that people will wake up. And I'm, I told God, I said, I'm done with the affliction, Lord. Can I get the beauty back? I'd like prefer that if I could. Yeah. Yeah. But my hope and prayer is that we can do a reset and I'm going to start preaching that. Find God, find serenity, find absolute beauty outdoors. Yeah. So, John, I just... I can't overstate the restoration that, that your writings have done in your retreats and your team at Ransomed Heart to so many men and women. I am one. Once again, folks, we're interviewing John Eldridge today about his new book, Get Your Life Back, Everyday Practices for a World Gone Mad. You can purchase the book on Amazon and you can find much more at ransomedheart.com or johneldridge.com. Uh, John, God has reached in through your pen and your team to restore my heart. And I'm living in the larger story. And your insight today for this world gone mad is absolutely stunning. So we want to thank you for joining us at Wave 94 today. Thank you, Bill. It's been great to talk to you. And we just pray the love of God to everyone listening to this. Yes. We pray that we pray the love of Jesus Christ. Yes, Jesus. To everyone who is listening to this. Yes. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 